Every Sunday night on Travel Channel. I'm on tour right now. Minnesota this week, Omaha next, Cincinnati the week after that. I apologize for the sound, guys. It was recorded at a party. It's a party. Go to birthbirthbirth.com. This is the Birdcast. We're back, bitches. Tom Skur is not here. He's, yeah, his dog almost died. Did you hear about yeah. that? Uh-huh. Now we all got to do a so show. So he adopted the dog. Adopted a dog, and then the oh, day yeah. after he got it, it got pneumonia, and he he was a mess. He was crying, and and then apparently he was like, yeah, he was crying. He was like, buddy, I don't know if I can have kids. Like this fucking dog, he adopted it for 150 bucks, and then they pay five grand in uh, dog fees. Oh. And now we're all doing a benefit to to raise money for the dog. We're not going to do it April 9th. We're going to do it April 9th. April 16th. But, but we had April a move. 16th, it, right. Yeah. So that's great. We had a move it so we could all do it on a Tuesday so, night. In the man cave is uh, my buddy John, my buddy John, Tom, Joey. Uh, Ari and my dad and myself. Happy Easter. Happy Easter, Happy everybody. Easter. Well, what do you tell somebody Jewish? I think same thing. Happy just like, down on what would I say to you and your family if I went over there to eat today? You wouldn't say a word. Not say, a how are you? You wouldn't even mention Easter. Ari was Orthodox Jewish. Dad. Happy Pesach really? for Passover because it's yeah. Passover, Passover now. Yeah. He was, uh, he was yeah. raised with the, wearing the hats. Come on in, Barry. Barry's Israel. Jewish too. Yeah. Are your kids hunting eggs or Everybody's just... Just telling our kids that there is no Easter Bunny. <laughs> I'm, just sitting, I'm just sitting here watching all these kids thinking next year I'll be chasing my fucking daughter around. I got to lose 100 pounds before next yeah. Easter. Oh, I'll don't get chasing. my dad started on that. 100 pounds. There's no fat old people, Joey. No. Very few fat old people. Oh. Yep. Yeah. My dad. That's my dad's motto in life. No, there's no fat old. You're never going to see a fat my old My goal man. is to look like Charles Bronson at 51. Did you ever see what Charles Bronson looked like at 51? Yes. I think it was either the mechanic or hard times. That's what Charles Bronson looked like at 51. If you look at him, he wasn't on no steroids. He was on steak and fucking <laughs> running and smacking his wife. That's it. Really? That's it. He was cardio and smacking <laughs> his wife. Run. He smacked until she got cancer, that poor girl. aerobic. <laughs> Especially after chasing her. Yeah he, was, he was, yeah, he was 51, I think, when he did the mechanic. And he looked 51, fucking sensational. Really? He was sensational. And that was the 70s. Before HGH and MBB and THD and all popcorn. this shit. And popcorn. Popcorn? popcorn. <laughs> popcorn? <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. In that movie, in Hard Times, he was a boxer. Yeah, yeah. And the original mechanic, right, he was a precision. Kind of a room mic he was so everyone a precision hitman. America took the fucking other movie with Jason Straham and turned it into something else. But they didn't pay attention to the little details. He was a, a disciplined hit. He was an older gentleman. Couldn't be chasing Puerto Ricans, jumping fences and shit. He had to kill you with his brain. He had to kill you a different fucking way, you know. Dad? I'm listening. <laughs> no, wait. Uh, now, uh, what were, uh, you were, I, I, I want to kind of revisit the fact that you, were, you worked with Robert De Niro and how awesome that was. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, you awesome. call him Robert or Bobby? I didn't say a fucking word. I didn't call him nothing. <laughs> I called him Mister. I didn't crack any stupid jokes. I didn't say fucking nothing in front of the man. Till, really? Till he started talking to me. A lot of people get on the set and start talking shit. It's like those people you see on the ski slopes with the goggles and they fall down every two. And I go up there with jeans. I was out of Jersey. I go up there with jeans and a fucking high school windbreaker and get on a pair of 185s and out ski all these dummies with goggles. A pair of 185s? Yeah. I would never I in a million years around. expect you to Who the fuck you think you're dealing with? One of these fucking novices. And they would look at me like, look at this fat fuck. At that time, I wasn't a fat fuck. I used to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody else with the knee 
skiing pads and you know uh, mountain fucking skiing and they suck dick and they it's like when you see these idiots on a bicycle they're, they're, they're going down Laurel Canyon they're going down Laurel Canyon with a helmet on and on a fucking bicycle suit on if I'm going down Laurel Canyon I got a fucking body gear on a fucking little bicycle to let people know I'm a bike rider what the fuck just dress how you fucking dress and ride a fucking bike what you heard dad is Joey refer to a set of clubs as stiff shaft out of nowhere like like that's the reference that he'd understand because oh, he's yeah. like what are 185s yeah. joey just talked like about the length never, of skis like he's never played golf wow. he just who yeah. the fuck do you think yeah. these people don't know i was an international fucking skier i didn't give a fuck i didn't give a fuck when i skied and i loved it because i grew up in jersey and when you ski in fucking oh. pennsylvania you're skiing with fucking on ice you break you kill you lose your life exactly. so when i went to colorado and i seen that powder i was like it's like it's like playing a one-nighter in Tuscaloosa or doing like you know the yeah. improv on Hollywood, like you just go up there and say a word and they giggle for you. Yeah. It's that different, you know. So I understood the patois of it and I'd see all these fucking people with all these expensive shit. French? No, you these, know, but I have I have I have French skills also. Don't make that noise. <laughs> I'm making sure we're recording this. <laughs> yep. Eleven minutes so far. I my family wore all the gear. Did they yeah, they put me in whole Wait, outfits. Do uh, Orthodox Jewish people have to ski in Orthodox Jewish outfits? <laughs> no, they I think they take them off then. But no, you can but... have to learn at the Nevely. You actually have to learn how to ski at a uh, at a Catskills resort. <laughs> yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because it's it's kind of like when you ski, you don't fall down into into ice or you'd fall into sour cream. It's like a big oh nice nice. That's it. And when you get done, there's somebody there to make you. It's like that joke: half the Jews are on disability. Right? Remember that fucking old joke when Jesus comes into Central Park and there's like a rabbi, a priest, and a cardinal, and they're like, Jesus, help us. And the cardinal's like, I got cancer, help me. And Jesus touches him, you're healed. And the guy's like, I got, I got like fucking my toe, I got fungi toe. And Jesus touches him, and he goes to touch the rabbi. The rabbi's like, don't touch me, I'm on disability. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my all time favorite fucking jokes. That's a fucking joke right there, ladies and gentlemen. And it's a thousand years old, and not one of those writers because Saturday Night Live could write a joke like that. That's a fucking joke. Don't touch me, I'm on disability. Are you fucking kidding me? You know who told me that joke? The biggest fucking Jew I know, the owner of the comedy club in route 66 that guy would take you four months to fucking pay you four months he'd pay you with a check but he was a real jew he'd look in the eye and giggle about it my taxes guy you know he i gotta count it takes me time to count he would say but he i loved him i fucking loved him that's the oldest fucking joke in the world and it's still (laughs) because everybody knows it's true i'm like disability don't fucking touch me i don't want to sue nobody So uh, yeah, so this is Easter. Yeah, we, you guys were talking about music yeah. earlier, yeah. and now uh, and now we're all in the man cave. How you feeling, Dad? I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> no, it'll be thirty minutes. It'll be thirty. Who's been who's been uh, talking music? Joey, Michael Betts. What do you want to talk well, about Dickie, music? No, Dickie Betts. I didn't hear Dickie Betts. We were talking. We were talking about yeah. the '80s music and how we grew up. You know, uh, with a lot of music around us, like we're very like I am from Jersey, but I don't fucking even bring up Springsteen around. Like, well, I can't stand that motherfucker. Yeah, you're kidding. Can't, I like one song, Fifth Avenue Freeze Out. That's it. Yeah, Seventh, Fifth, Tenth Avenue. And to be honest, yeah, I like the one album. Uh, one e- no, the other one. That's a bad motherfucker. But I can't understand sitting there for three hours and jumping up and down with that fakeness. I never liked that shit. So let's get that shit out of the fucking way. Right? How do you feel about the old Hang on, hang on, hang on. Ask the question in the mic. Oh, sorry. Old Billy Joel. How do you feel about old Billy Joel? I'll tell you Joel? how I feel about Billy Joel. When I lived in New York, 
I could tolerate Billy Joel. When I moved out here, I see all these fake New Yorkers, and they think they're Billy Joel heads, and it drives me fucking crazy. So that's why now I can't stand Billy Joel. Um, it's different for me now. You follow me? I liked him as a kid. I liked some of those songs, but then it just got too fucking heavy for me, you know? Understand? Oh, yeah. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't like the Beatles either. Now, they're fucking God to me. They're God. Like, I like John Lennon. I like George Harrison growing up. But the whole Beatles thing, but then after, like, Revolver, you can't get nothing better than that. Now, Revolver is a great album. You can't get nothing better than that, Here, though. John. It's very I, rough I to fucking... her on that, definitely. It's got to be very rough to find something better than Revolver. And what's the one after Revolver? I mean, they threw, like, six at, the, on a, at a row. Like, that's when they told the world, like, here we go. You want to see music? We're gonna, we went to India. We hung out with some Hindus. We fucking remember. They went to India yeah, and yeah, bang yeah. and started. And then the other day on the way back from somewhere, uh, on, on a late night show, I was driving back from San Diego. The radio station was playing Sergeant Peppers. Okay? And, you know, I'm old. And I remember they tricked the world with that Paul trick. These fucking kids don't know nothing about that. Oh, uh, Paul's dead. They the tricked Walrus. the world. Yeah. They tricked the world. Abbey Road, another fucking monster. The yeah. White Album, another fucking monster. Yeah. Let it be another fucking monster. They just you know that was Phil monster. Spector. I didn't know that was Phil Spector. Which one? Let it be. Let it be. Did you watch the Phil Spector? Yeah, movie? I watched it the other night. Yeah. How was it? Uh, I mean, Pacino's awesome. Is he? Yeah, but the mo- but you, you kind <laughs> he's of been done for like five years. No, he's great in it. But, oh, that's good. but I don't know. They kind of make Spectre out to be kind of a hero in this film, and, and the guy pulled a gun on Joey Ramone. You know, fuck him. That's <laughs> all I have to say about yeah. him. You know? Listen, guy, he was crazy. Yeah. But because of his brilliance, they passed it on. That's what happens. Like, you know who's the next one? It doesn't take... I'm an old man. Like, right now, I'm looking at Justin Bieber, and we're building a monster. Oh, yeah. We're oh. building a monster. This guy's going to make oh, Michael yeah. Jackson look like a fucking daycare prize. That kid's a fucking that kid's nightmare eight, from what I hear. bit slap somebody and shit. Yeah, and, over, he, and he's got all these bodyguards, man. I feel bad for those bodyguards. It's going to be all over. You it's, can see it already. It's the guys whose bodies ball. dictate their jobs because they're just big black dudes. Yeah. And, and so they got put into the role of bodyguard. And then they got worked in. You know it's good money. You know it's first class flights. You know it's private jets. You know it's like, it's got to be a ton of money. And then they got to deal with just. Justin Bieber, who's feeling his oats and like going through puberty, becoming a man. It's fucking and, now a lot. Yeah, and and oh, I can't. You can see it already. You can see it. It's like it's like hanging out with a. It's like I don't, none of you guys probably pledge fraternities, but it's hanging out with fucking older brothers in a fraternity who like they just became a brother and they're like just hazing and they love that like power trip. Uh-huh. It's the same. I guarantee you, it's got to be the same thing. Dad, Justin Bieber. He's a singer. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't follow him much. What music do you listen to right now? Um, I don't like CNN. <laughs> yeah. I like talk radio. <laughs> I don't listen to music. You don't? Never. No. Never. You, my dad introduced me to Sam Cooke. I love Sam Cooke. Love Sam Cooke. Sam Cooke was... Uh, he, was, he, was a, he was incredible. Yeah, he got murdered raping a woman, right? No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> he my killed God. Walt. I thought, yeah, I thought no, that's how no, he died. Some woman stole his underwear from him in a motel. <laughs> he got pissed off and went to the front desk and complained. Wait. And the woman at the front desk shot him. Really? Yeah. That sounds like a story you and tell someone after, after you After she shot him, his last words were... What? You shot me. That's it. So wait, he died. That, there's no way someone stole his underwear, and then I don't. I can't believe that story. Wait, that's two separate things. How do people know that someone stole his underwear? Oh, he went to her and said someone stole my underwear. Was he? Does he have his dick out at the time? 
Was that what he was it was? Naked. He, he, didn't he, didn't underwear. No underwear. he didn't have his underwear on. Oh. What happened to his fucking pants? I don't know. That's I didn't the question. Write the story I just that, heard. That's it. what I'm saying to you. It's got holes in it. You're an attorney. Yeah. Yeah, there's What's holes in it. Hey, hey, as a, as, as, as a prosecuting oh, really? attorney, would yes. you not find holes in that story? Come on. That's the question. valid. You really? He probably you, ran it. She was the first black man that girl ever saw. He ran in. Naked. Going, ah, oh, someone stole my underwear. And she had a gun. Actually, actually the. the uh, Woman the hotel was black too. Really? Yeah, it's a terrible story. Terrible. Oh. I'll Google it for you and read it. Yeah, Google. Yeah. Well, what am I Googling? Uh, Sam Cook. Yeah. Death. Sam yeah. Cook. Sam it, Cook's death. You, know, don't, you don't watch any uh, documentaries, apparently. No, my dad, just me, my, my dad just sent me. My dad just. This Friday, I stayed and I watched The Song Remains the Same, and it was the doubling. The Song Remains the Same, Led Zeppelin, and it was doubling with The Temptations. Fucking. Uh, with the temptations, I like the temps, the temps, and that that part always kills me when David Ruffin goes up to the drug dealer and he goes, "Here's two front row motherfucking tickets." God rest his soul. For the temptations, and the guy looks at the tickets. He goes, "This is for last night," and he goes, "I missed the show." He had been in this crack den. Oh really? Well, he still had the tuxedo on. He still had his fucking tuxedo on, like he was headed to a show. And he goes, "Let me go cop a rock." And it was Wednesday, and now it was Friday. Oh, he had oh. already given him his car, everything. I already gave him my car keys. No we, internet out here, bud. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Don't worry. You don't get 3G right. on the minis? Um, yeah, I do, but uh, this doesn't have – this is Wi-Fi. So, Joey – I'll tell you what. What's this gentleman jersey? John. John, do me a favor. Eat some more of that popcorn. <laughs> you go home. Go to your fucking man cave. Tell the wife I need five minutes alone. And go to your fucking man cave. Put the earphones on. Put YouTube on and put the beginning of uh, what's that? The, da, 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 da. It was 20 years ago today, but it's got to be, it's got to be fucking loud. And, and let me tell you what's going to happen to you. The same thing that happened to me. I had to sit down. I had to sit down. It was like being down the shore. Remember when you were down the shore as a kid? You heard it, and it was nothing to you. It was the fucking Beatles again? Really? Aren't you guys original? Don't you have Van Halen? You follow me? Yeah. yeah. But now you're hearing it because I haven't heard it. I have, when was the last time you? Heard, you know what I'm saying? Let's yeah, come on when I heard it the other night, like my leg wow. went out from under me. I had that guitar, that little fucking oh, guitar. Ari, when you came over that day and I played the fucking Beatles on the roof. On the roof. Oh. And in studio. Oh, my. Oh, yeah, yeah. I played uh, uh, The Long and Winding Road, Paul yeah. McCartney. And you knew it was on his way out. At this one point, he just looks on the camera and he just kills you. He just starts dropping that Long and Winding Road shit. And you're like, this fucking guy. But I took him this one. Uh, towards the end, they do a... Uh, they do the th- what YouTube tried to do. You, you, what's that? YouTube. YouTube. Remember, yeah. they thought they were cool in LA. Yeah, up on the roof. They did that in 1968, yeah, the yeah. Beatles, with the English security standing there watching them. And fucking John Lennon had a mink on. Are you kidding me? Are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? Badass. In the wintertime, there was no sun out. It right. was cold. This motherfucker had a mint on, a mink on, daring bitches to throw fucking paint at him. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I dare you to throw paint at me. I got a Chinese chick that'll karate chop you in the fucking neck. <laughs> the best moment just happened. Claire, John's wife, walked in. And Claire and Joey could not be more polar opposites. <laughs> if you could ever. She's such a vegetarian, she had a hard time finding the grill today. <laughs> she just walked in and you could see her face like, I'm not throwing my hat in this one. She peeked in to try John, to listen as he was saying, banging bitches. Banging bitches. I got a Chinese bitches. chick that'll karate chop you. I had to make sure that, the best. listen, I do that on purpose, guys. I want to evade the bad spirits. Before it gets you know bad. You don't want like two women in here at once, then we, we didn't do our job. The best, slipping. Joey. Joey, can I tell? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So John will come 
come over here when Claire's not watching and he'll eat meat behind her back. <laughs> yeah. He'll <laughs> just fucking wolf down bacon. You know, it's Easter and, and uh, this amazing ham. There was, it was on the Barry plate. Barry made this amazing ham. So I, I took the first... I, first of all, I had bacon before anybody else had any. Yeah. And then I, I, grabbed, I grabbed a piece of ham and I put it on my plate and then I put a pancake over the top of it <laughs> so nobody would see it. <laughs> Hey, it was delicious, man. Dude, have, that, that's really sad. <laughs> so your wife's a vegetarian? Hardcore. She, hey, now, let me ask you this. How is the, free what do you do at home? What do you do at home during the week? Uh, you know, I eat the, the fucking beans and, and the, and the Wait, can't you just vegetables and all that shit. Let her not eat the other stuff? Well, she does it for me, too, um, though, because I have high cholesterol, so she wants to make sure my diet's all right. right. I, I go along with it. I do eat it, you know, but, like, for lunch, when I go out, I'll go fucking... So what she makes for breakfast? Sandwich. What's breakfast at your house? Uh, oatmeal, which is decent. Yeah. What's lunch? If you stayed home for lunch, what would you? Uh, Could you have a tuna salad? Sandwich? Salad. Yeah, salads. And what's dinner? Dinner is usually some kind of like curry. I know it's rough. It's rough. No it's tofu, rough fucking turkey for Thanksgiving. <laughs> no, they do that. Yeah. She pulls. She pulls. Tell them about your Thanksgiving. Tell them about your Thanksgiving. She pulls that shit out, man. It's all like she spends all the whole. God, I'm gonna go burn in hell for this. She spends a whole day like preparing the 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 tofurkey. She marinates it with uh, you know like the, the gravy and and garnishes it with the vegetables. Throws it in the oven. It's done in like ten minutes. Ugh. It's like rubber. It's awful. You're a great guy. Yeah, it's, it's, John, it's I don't fuck. You're from, you're from fucking Jersey. I know. It's I very know. seldom that you motherfuckers are vegetarians. You guys Philly cheesesteaks and shit. Yeah, no, I miss it. No, 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 no. Don't do that. <laughs> but you know what, though? Bring her in, but don't you have a nervous I've eating meat. No, 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 no. Yeah. have a nervous breakdown. No, 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 no. Because no. <laughs> I got to talk about cheeseburgers just out of fucking principle. <laughs> how good they are for you. She'll have a nervous break. Yeah, it's rough. Now, what, let me ask you this. She's, you also, she's also uh, a yogi, right? Yogi. Oh, that's nothing so wrong she, with that. She's, she's like a that. hardcore. She's got her own studio. Where? In Valley. In the Valley. No shit. Yeah. She's the real deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fun. Super successful. It's, she's like hardcore, but it's like a, it's like a, it's, it's a, it's, it's an all around set of belief problems. You don't go to yoga with her? I, I went to a yoga class once, but a dude sure. taught it and I was, I'm not into that. You don't want to do a dude teaching how to do yoga? No. So, nah, yeah. It was the dude. Oh, right. It's the dude. There's a. I'm not gonna get into it. There's a dude that goes to our. No, I'm not gonna get into it. You know the guy that I'm talking about. So yeah. Why, why are we well. saying the guy's fucking name? <laughs> I'm being around the bush here. <laughs> so yeah. So lives over nothing wrong with yoga, gentlemen. Nothing wrong with that stuff. No. I wish I'd go every fucking day. I really wish I'd go. I go we'll on, set you up some passes. I go on Mondays. Well, jo- Joey, jo- hang on. Joey, here, Joey to took is a big karate guy. And John's a big karate Are you? Do you do karate? Yeah. Okay. I started like you in Jersey. What style? Well, I started with the black people in Harlem. Go, goju karate with the fist. Goju, nice. Right, when I was a kid. Then yeah. when we moved to Jersey, I went to Gushinru karate. That's what Yeah, yeah. That's what we Yeah, this was in the 70s. What, in Newark? No, in, uh, in Union City. The guy's name was Wayne Norlander. Oh, uh, okay. He was a fucking crazy Vietnam vet. Yeah. And he hated everybody. 
fucking everybody. But he was a great teacher. I was there for like four or five years. But then when you hit puberty, you start fucking sniffing titties and shit. It's tough. It's tough to take the bus. It's tough to take the bus. It's tough to take the bus to karate. Once I got the height, what I did was I stayed in it. I loved it. I loved it. I was like a purple belt. I was in the adult class. You know, I would go to New York to Aaron Banks' competitions. I'd do all that shit in the Bronx, everything. I was into it as a kid. And then uh, my sophomore year, that was on my birthday, there was a tournament in, like, middle New Jersey. And I said, listen, if I go and take first place in both things, form and fighting, I'm done. It wasn't hard punching. It was uh, semi-contact yeah, from the stomach no to the waist, no yeah. headshots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything under there, you got disqualified. Sure enough, I got disqualified for fighting, but I, I took first place in form. And I go, that was it. And I never went back. Until 94. You're done. You're like fucking a master. It was just, it was either pussy. You know, I had to go to school in Union City. So I would get home from basketball practice at 6.30, have like a steakum. Remember you had like a steakum on white fucking bread (laughs) with fucking mayonnaise. Frozen steakum. A fucking steakum. Oh, shit. I live. I would would get home and put those Oida wavy cut french fries in the oven. Take a shower while you're in the shower washing your monkey. The fucking fries are cooking. I come down, put butter in there, put a steakum. Because that's my own. Listen, ain't nothing better on this earth than wonder bread. There's nothing better Steak-ums? for me than Wonder Bread, Steak-ums motherfuckers. Steak-ums were right. frozen pieces of steak oh, that came in a box. That had to be horse meat. It had, had to be. Really if you think about it, it was the thigh of the horse. <laughs> they just shaved the thigh of the horse. Yeah. Remember, it yeah, all had like a vein thin. in the middle. Paper, Paper thin. thin. Delicious. Yeah. Yeah. And, you, and you doped it up like a Puerto Rican. Yeah, you put like beans in it. You put fucking onions. By the end, oh, my God. You could dope up a fucking steakum. And I need a steakum on the go, like fucking up the hill to the bus. And then catch the number one to Union City, do the 8 to 10 class. You know, in those days, 8 to 10, there was no insurance things. So these teachers would beat the fuck out of you. You leave class when your lip got broken in those days. There was no insurance regulations. You just opened up a karate school. This is when Bruce Lee, this is when Bruce Lee died. Right after Bruce Lee died, the martial arts boom in this country was ginormous. That's it. Everybody wanted to fly through the fucking air. Everybody wanted to throw darts. Everybody wanted to, to, you know. I remember when throwing stars were big. Remember that yeah. shit? Yeah. Throwing stars, yeah. Throwing stars were like the fucking shit. Stephen St. John had them. And, uh, and, and, uh, and I remember going to his house and he had them. I was like, I can't play with those. He was like, I got a BB gun. I was like, I can play with that. What'd you study, John? Shotokan. Shotokan karate. Yeah. Now you still go now? I teach. Where? I teach out of my wife's yoga studio. I teach no, kids. Sh- they just opened up a Shotokan school down the block from my house. Yeah. The big one on uh, uh, GMAC, it's jujitsu, and mm. Shotokan, Chinese okay. woman with, a, I think, a, a, an American husband. Very sweet. Yeah. I went there to watch a little uh, a tournament one time. They were very nice. $60 a month. That's cheap. Fucking cheap. You went to watch a That's tournament? That's super yeah, cheap. My, yeah, my friend Ramon goes over there for jujitsu, and they had like a little white belt thing. So I went over there to support the kid. He's a nice little Mexican kid. Yeah. It's big up here, martial arts. And you know yeah. what? It's man? a racket. Well, it's a racket with the kids and stuff, but it's daycare with the kids. You make them run around cones yeah, and shit. I don't do that. No, no, you're, you're <laughs> yeah, hardcore with that. Yeah, no. Dog, when I first came from fucking Cuba, my mother put me on 90th Street with some black motherfuckers. In fact, he's, you know, Eddie Bravo's friend, Renanjo, yeah, yeah. his yeah. father, Mr. Orange. That guy still has a fucking school in New York. He's 70. That guy would make you run barefoot in New York in 1970. The Central block. Park and back, around the block with your arms up. This was, you didn't go home and tell your mom. He would toughen you. I remember he kicked me in the stomach one time. When I was like eight, he kicked me in the fucking stomach. That's the first time the wind got knocked out of me. 
and he made me get up. But man, that wind getting knocked out of me was, the, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they, prepare, they prepare you for yeah. fucking, these were black. Just, just to put that in perspective, the first time the wind got knocked out of me, I was at Bowman Center on a swing set. <laughs> different <laughs> atmosphere. Yeah, very different. <laughs> yeah, I remember, tremendous. I scared the shit out of me. I was like, I'm dying. I knocked the wind out of Leanne one time. Uh, let, me, hold on, let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. We were on a jet ski, and I took a turn she quick. She could come in. She could do a podcast. Oh, She's ready for us. She, she hit the water so hard. She's hilarious. Right? She hit the water so hard. Let her in. Isla's right, coming in. Isla, what's up? <laughs> we're doing a podcast, I. You want to hop out? Uh-uh. I'm staying in. <laughs> That's my girl and stuff. She's in. That's it. <laughs> El Diablo. El Diablo, compadre. El Diablo. So, uh, yeah, Leanne and I were on a jet ski, and I took a turn. We were going real fast. I took a turn, and she hit the water, and she went under, and I didn't see her. And she popped up, and she did that voice. You know that noise that you make when you... That, and I started laughing because I thought I, I thought she was screwing around, and then I saw she was crying, and then we had to take her to the hospital. Yeah, she you cracked. didn't really have to take her to the hospital. Did yeah, you? we did. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She cracked her cracked her rib. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, her her aunt's a nurse, and they were like, "We got to take check this out." My dad said the most important thing to me the other day. He goes, "Your imagination is better than your memory." <laughs> Because the way I tell a story is maybe not the way it exactly went down, maybe? but it's. What, what are you talking? No, every maybe story. Not. I said Annie, Annie, come here. <laughs> I said favorite car I've ever owned, and I said he said favorite car we ever owned, and I said I no, I said a, a, a van. He goes, I've never owned a fucking van, and I said bullshit, you owned a van. He goes, I never owned a van. Annie, did we own a van? Yes. And he has no <laughs> recollection of it. It was my favorite car we've ever owned. Well, Annie. All right, you're done. All right, a, hop out, hop out. It was out. a loaner car. It was, we had it. Yeah, we, we had it. For the, day, for the day. Yeah, but we had a van, and he says we never owned it. We owned a van. Yes, yes. All right, and it was my favorite car. And he goes, your imagination's better than your memory, big guy. I yeah. don't think I said big guy. Buddy, whatever yeah, you buddy. Buddy. Yeah. So, uh, so. <laughs> hey, Isla, why don't, you, why don't you hop out, young lady? Y'all <laughs> All right, yeah. That's my girl. a wild one. She's the I walked out the other day. She was naked on the on the on the sidewalk, drawing, drawing. Yeah, just drawing with chalk. You can Listen, get a better uh, angle on it when you're you got a razor like Michael Jordan. You know how yeah. they played defense against Michael Jordan. Yeah, they they played defense on everybody else and let Michael do what he do because he's going to do it anyway. Yeah, she's going to do what she does Mike anyway. Do? What are you going to do? Anybody watch Dirty Thirty with Jim Valvano? Oh, no, wait, wait, I, I haven't yeah. seen that one. Anybody watch Dirty Thirty with Jim Valvano? Wait, no, which one is that? What's it called? Uh, struggling and adv- advance and struggle. I've seen like that, that one. Advance, something like that. It was on yesterday at four o'clock. It's one all about the, uh, Jim Valvano and when they won the championship. Yeah, eighty four or something. Yeah, and his cancer and the whole thing. Fucking brilliant. Yeah. I remember br- going to class and hearing people yeah. talk about that speech, but I never saw oh, the speech. Here's the brilliance of that. He made them. I never knew this, and I'm, I love all that shit. He made them cut the nets off. He practiced. Cutting the nets. Oh, really? Winning, cutting the nets. By really? cutting the nets. One practice a week or something. Really? Make them practice cutting the nets. Wow. And they asked the players, like, what did you feel? And, like, Joel Thurman was like, you know? He goes, at first it seemed redundant. But he goes, then you start to enjoy it. And you start to believe it. They were knocking. I mean, we, me and Ari yeah. watched bits and pieces. But I showed Ari what they had to play against. They had to play against a team, Houston, which was five slammer jammer. And they showed, I wanted... Like Drexler, Hakeem Olajuwon. Oh, my God. Yeah. The and same they, college team. They would be, like, yeah, they would, have been, they would have been on, like, a third 
third place in the NBA in a, in a league at that. <laughs> yeah, they would have mainly made the playoffs if the they were in the NBA. The rest of the players were great, too. But I showed Ari, there's one scene where they show Clyde Drexler just jump over a guy yeah. in the final four. That's what scared everybody. Yeah, the game before that, he tried to take a charge, and Clyde says, fuck it, and just went right, right over him. Right over really? him. Just, oh, my yeah. God. He, he like, twists in the air, and you see the guy just, it's just amazing. Just, and it's college basketball. You know, they explained it. They go, this is when nobody was going pro. Yeah, he went four pro. Years. Yeah. Ralph yeah. Sampson stayed four uh, years. Yeah, yeah. Patrick oh. Ewan stayed four years. Everybody stayed four years. Yeah. So if you played this guy your freshman year, you had a chance your sophomore year, and it's like how they beat Ralph Sampson twice, and then, you know, it was just a man. I even had fucking, I bet Houston. I remember I, was, I had well, one with eight the, point the, favorites. With it was eight, and on game day they went up to nine and a half. And what happened was I had a, I had the Redskins in the Super Bowl that year. They won, and I had one eight hundred bucks, and I went into the city to get some weed, right? And I picked. <laughs> it was fucking freezing the day after the Super Bowl, January thirtieth in New York. Yeah. The wind's coming off the Hudson. It's fucking freezing. So I, it was a health food store, and it had like a bag of chips and a yuhu. And, you, and they had, like, bulletproof glass. Wait, hold on. Let's start from the beginning. It was a health food store and that's it had what, a bag of chips. That's how they sold weed. Like, with a bulletproof glass. Like, the best is now. Now people are like, oh, my God, in L.A. that Listen. That was a bodega. In, <laughs> bodegas. In the old days, you went into a neighborhood. You see three Puerto Ricans hanging out. You moseyed your way over to them. It's a beautiful day to be alive. And they look at you and go, go inside to the bodega. You went in. You bought a bag of chips. You bought a soda. You went to the thing. You gave the guy. You knew it was $4. You gave the guy 20 And he'd look at you, and he'd give you two little bags and envelopes, and he'd put them on the counter. Nice. Really? And that's it. That's the worst weed. No, these days. <laughs> no, 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 and there being tables, and the priest wasn't there. It was like black guys that would rent out the bottom of the church for like 200 bucks for the morning. And they would sell you 20s and 10 bags. This is what their business was. Out of a church. They sold a lot of bodegas out of black fuck. What's up, Georgia? <laughs> now you stop yourself. Can I help you find eggs? Yeah, yeah. I'll be right back, guys. Here. You had to do the math. Like was, this was... Uh, Tom, yeah. <laughs> Tom, you sure you don't want to hop in? No, no, I'm gonna help find no. eggs. <laughs> this is, you know, All right, I'll be back in two hey, seconds. I'm gonna help find eggs. No, no, you stay. <laughs> these were the days when the neighborhoods. This is what the neighbor, the whole neighborhood. You know, the, their living was, let's face it, white kids coming over from Jersey. Your life didn't depend on the kids in your neighborhood. You were all fucking broke. Yeah. I remember going over to the city and on 181st Street, getting off Washington Bridge, going straight over, making a left, and then making a right, and there'd be from the top of the corner, like 20 guys from the top, and they'd run out to the car. They knew you. you, you they were your customers. Every time you come, you tell them your friends were Pedro. Tell them you're Pedro's friend. And that's how they made a living. So in those days in Jersey, if you got $5, you paid, you got five joints for $5, remember, like a nickel bag. Yeah. If you went over to the city, you got seven joints for $5. Right. And the weed was a little better. And it started getting better, and we started getting green weed, and we always had chocolate tie weed. But I go over there one day, I go to a health chocolate food store, pie. and there was a black dude. I'll never forget, he was an older black gentleman, and I said, hey, I want a quarter, because I had made 800 bucks in the yeah. Super Bowl. I used to just buy 20s, but that's a certain day. I ended up uh, getting a bigger size, and, and it was freezing outside. 
So I asked the guy, do you mind if I could roll the joint in here? He goes, no, go in the corner there. And I went in the corner, rolled the joint. I went outside, and the wind was blowing, and I looked, and I dodged down a corner. And you know how when the, there's a little corner like that, you, you light a cigarette in the corner? Yeah. I went to light the joint in the corner. And as I go to take the first toke, I get a gun put to my head. What? And they go, put your hands up against the wall. And I put my hands up against the wall, and the guy handcuffs me. I turn around, it's a fucking undercover cop just as a fucking mailman with the, 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 the thing like he's delivering mail. And within minutes, like three fucking cop cars pull up. You know, no guns are drawn. They just asked me what I was doing in the neighborhood where I lived. I said, Jersey. They took my ID out, and then they ran, uh, uh, you know, the NCIC, whatever. And the guy, go, you know, because at first they were asking me a bunch of questions. And I told him the truth. I said, I came over here to get some fucking weed. What's the big deal? We, you know, it's no big deal. Yeah. And the mailman said, well, let me tell you what's going on, tough guy. Somebody's been selling joints to the kids. So if you have singles on you, we're going to break your fucking head. And they went in my pocket. And I had hundreds because the bookie paid me hundreds. Uh-huh. Thank God. They would have uh-huh. killed me. And they go, what the fuck are you doing here? And I told them. I said, I'm going to fucking work. And I came over to get a bag of fucking weed. We do it all the fucking time. Now you don't know. And the guy goes, all right. And he gave me the weed. He took some of the weed out, folded it up, put it in my pocket, and gave me a ticket for less than 14 grams. It was like a $100 fine. Yeah. And Threw away a, some of the weed? Some yeah, of the weed. Yeah, so yeah. it was way less because I told him the truth of who I was. He was like, okay. You know, first he quizzed me, and then he goes, give me some ID. If I would have given him Ari Shafir and then given him, that's what you do in this city. Right. What's your name? Carlos fucking Munez. Whatever. They're not, not going to check you out. If they arrest you, that's their fucking business. So, uh, really? You're in Harlem at 2 in the morning. You see four white kids in a fucking Toyota Supra. Where do you think they're coming from? Where do you think they're there to visit grandma? Yeah. So they make a living off that. So that's why they, they just gave me a ticket. And that Monday night when the NCAA, I had to go to court to answer to that ticket. Yeah. So I put the bet in thinking this is a definite fucking hundred. Houston's going to kill them. <laughs> I was like 19 years old. I bet 100 bucks. That's big when you're 19. Yeah. I'm sitting in court calling sports phone. Remember sports phone? Yeah. You call the sports. Welcome to sports phone yeah. with the 830 yeah. report. And he would even tell you if you were a loser. If you had the Knicks, you're a fucking loser. <laughs> 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 they would tell you. Oh, they would just tell you. <laughs> Stop calling. You're a f- and I remember getting, if you called them from your house, it was worse. Because you get the phone bill and then you hear like your mom, what the fuck? What, mom? $2,000? Sports phone? What the fuck is sports phone? It's a 15-minute sports phone. Come on, he's the winner of the fucking... Because you, know, you need the late score, the Lakers. And by the time the Lakers won, the news was already on in New York. So the news comes on at 11 in New York. It's 8 here. You need the Lakers to cover that parlay. You're sweating that motherfucker. <laughs> there was no ESPN then. ESPN didn't have the ticker. They was at the beginning. They were white people. They were nice. They were Christians. They thought they were doing you a service. So Vegas showed up with an envelope and said, "Listen, we could do this the right way or the wrong way. Put the ticker under there. Let's put lines." Look at ESPN now. They give you lines. What's so fascinating to me about this is that uh, you and my dad kind of grew up in the same uh, life. In that you guys grew up. You lost parents at a young age, but you went. My dad is so different than you. He's never placed a bet in his life. Never, like, been arrested by postal workers for buying weed. <laughs> what, dad, no, what, not once. What, what makes you so... What, 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 was the, what was the thought process by not taking chances the way Joey took chances? 
Uh, I liked living at home instead of a detention center. Uh, General fear. You know, I was never, ever, like, I never had a juvenile record, never got in trouble as a kid, nothing. Me either. I had no problems. Even when I was uh, raising myself, basically, from 15, I never, you know, because I kept it in Jersey, I kept it in my little neighborhood. We broke a window, we dine and dash at the Maikai, you know. The Mike guy was a Chinese restaurant. We used to fucking kill those motherfuckers. Uh-huh. It was two of them. It was the it was the Mike guy and the Wing Fung. The Mike guy, you had to hit them on the weekends because they put the tray out of spare ribs. They had the best spare ribs on the East Coast, and they cut them in half, thousands of them this big. The buffet was like $14, which we went for from time to time. And I'd go with, like, you and Ari, and instead of getting up, pick up the fucking tray. The Chinese people go crazy. <laughs> Why we got to keep walking back and forth? For what? What the fuck for? And we give the guy a 20, and then you go away, take the fucking tray, take the sauce, <laughs> take everything to the table. I swear to God, those days, the fucking buffets were great. And then the wing, the wing fong was heavy duty. They had great food, but they figured out that we were going to, and they were on Bergen Line, so you had more. On Kennedy Boulevard, you either had to run that way, that way, or in the weeds. On Bergen Line, you could run into different fucking locations. So the wing fong was during the week, because you had to sit at the table, but they know. They knew. Once we walked in there, they'd all come out to the front and shit and play like a zone defense. It was very, <laughs> it was very loose. But the fucking Maikai, oh, my God. And then finally they locked the door on us one night. We finally went to hit the door. I'm like, what the fuck? And my buddy had the check on his hand. He goes, where's the dishes? They called the cops already. <laughs> uh, so we knew the cop. So he made us pay him the next day. He paid it. And then we had, you motherfuckers better be at my house at 9 o'clock with $150. Or well, then I'll arrest you motherfuckers. <laughs> so we had to go home, get money from our parents, and go pay the fucking Chinese uh, restaurant bill. Did you ever dine and dash, Dad? No, I'm trying to figure what that is. But. You know, when you run, when you run at a Chinese restaurant, run yeah. out of there without paying. Just don't pay your bills. It never occurred to me. Never. 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 I mean, I get feel guilty if I don't leave a big tip. Oh, I will leave a tip. No, no, you leave a tip. You leave a tip. I don't want the guy hey, talking bad about me. You know I don't want people talking bad you about me. and dash, but you leave a tip. Fuck yeah, the guy don't care. He got his. You know, if you leave him a dollar for a five dollar lunch, he got his. I leave him five bucks. You know what I'm saying? Four dollars. You dine and dash for the entertainment. Okay. It wasn't yeah. because you needed to dine and dash. It was like, fuck it. It's Sunday. What do you want to do? Nothing. We got nothing. You got an hour to kill. Let's go. Let's go, go dine and dash. dash. Yeah. Sometimes you got to run into weird neighborhoods. One time, me and my buddy ran from Willie Yu's Shanghai Palace up in Cliffside Park, New Jersey. Tremendous, this fucking place. On a Sunday, we ran out of there. And he ended up getting a like a flu. Like a really bad flu because he, he ran like 30 miles. This motherfucker, me, I walked like two miles and got on the bus. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> I used to have fun, man. You know, I, had, I didn't have to answer somebody, so I had fun a little bit, you know? A little bit. <laughs> so wait, no, wait, how's, how's fatherhood changed you, Joey? Now, because you're sitting in a room full of fathers. I'm fucking 50. Yeah. So whatever I was going to do, when you have a child at 50 and when you have a child at 25, it's two different points in your fucking life. Yeah. I had a child at 30 that I thought was going to change me. I, I was hoping was going to change me. And I still remember her being in the crib with her mother sleeping, and I would hide the beers outside. I lived in Colorado in Boulder, and I would hide the beers in the snow, and I had a dog. So I'd make believe the dog had to go pee. <laughs> and I'd go outside and do a quick blast and drink a beer. And hide the beer can in the snow. And I got to the point where the dog didn't even want to go out no more. He's like, I don't want to go out. I'm all pissed up. <laughs> I'm all peed up. And I would say, why isn't seeing this kid changing me? 
But I saw that with a lot of people. I think they're going to have a child, and oh, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do it. You're still going to yeah. fuck your fucking secretary. Cut it out. Yeah. That's, that ether wears off. You're still going to bang the secretary. You know. But it's just, uh, at 50, I've already done everything I wanted to do. So I said, when, it, when, we, when we got pregnant with Georgia, I said, I, I just, not even realizing what I was saying, I said, I'll probably never drink in front of my children. And then, when then, but then there's a, a solid year where they don't know you're drinking. So I did that. Yeah. But then I'm already still drinking. So then they're two. So it was like kind of you know like, yeah. I remember being like God. I wish I'd never said that out loud. Because yeah, I'd never. I definitely drank in front of the girls. You prefer it, don't you? Yeah, as opposed to hanging out sober and playing Candyland. Have you ever done that? <laughs> Candyland's fucking exhausting. You watch Isla cheat at Candyland. <laughs> She's like, she'll. You'll see her load the deck. And then she'll place it, and then she'll go, um, okay, Daddy, I'll go first. And you're like, oh, no, I want to go first. She's like, no, 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 I need to go first. Uh-huh. And then she'll pull Princess Frostina off the top and be like, oh, I got Princess Frostina. And then she goes all the way. There. I used to get pissed, but then I realized that if she gets Princess Frostina, she wins, and the game's a lot shorter. Oh, yeah, the game ends. So I'm like, fuck it, load the deck. Oh, yeah. Now I taught her how to load the deck even better, so when she plays her mom, she can. I go, if you count it, odds or evens you can load it and it doesn't look so loaded like you don't pull princess Faustine off the top no one does that so very specific when so you have a daughter what what do you want from your daughter i mean i mean everyone in this room here we're all men and we've all fucked women up the ass and come on their face and here shit you go like tom that. so i mean we all know the perspectives we all know it's like my niece right now i have a, on my wife's side i love my niece i've been with my wife for 12 years and i've become friends with this kid and uh, the, the the mother raised was a single parent. I relate to the kid because, in many ways, my mom remarried after my dad died. But it was me and her. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You don't know, give a fuck about what your stepfather says. It's me and her. So you always, I always have. I'm more sympathetic to a, a single mom. So when I go to Nashville, I always go watch the kid play basketball, and we're, and we're kind of fucking tight. And she's hitting that age where she's 16, and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'll call, talk to the mother, and go, Teresa, where, where's uh, Kristen? Oh, she's out bowling with Cody, and in the back of my mind, he's sucking her titties in the car, you know, because that's what I'd be doing. Fuck bowling. You know this as a guy, but how do you, how do you act? Like, that's what I can't. Like, I'm 50. So if, if Tom, this is a good one for you to answer. I'm so, 50. Tom, you have two daughters. How old are your daughters, Tom? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely how old a lot are younger than, than that. Right. Uh, how, <laughs> thank God. They're, yeah, uh, yeah. How old are your daughters, they're, Tom? They're seven and five. And what do you think about, I mean, are you, I just, do you I, have a gun? Ten years, that's going to be happening. Honestly, do you have a fucking all, gun? All I hope is that they never meet somebody like me in a real-life situation <laughs> when I was young. Because But if you show up, what do you have a gun or do we have a plan? Can we all make a, a pact right now as daughter fathers that we could help each other out if we know, you know. Like, <laughs> get an alibi and let somebody else take care of it what a fucking great movie script yeah did you guys ever see star chamber with michael douglas in the 80s about fucking the two judges strangers on a train that's what it is it, when they were they were the two judges and if you beat them in court they would get together with other judges and decide whether or not you were guilty or not and then they'd send a hit team out to get you oh wow yeah michael douglas and uh Oh my God! Tremendous fucking. Cast. But, but but hold on. But hold on. The downside of that. I'm is, sorry. I'm it, no, no. The downside of that is a Maya Angelou story, which is she was molested when she was a young girl, and they told the police the guy spent one night in jail, was released, and the next day he was found stomped to death, and she felt that by saying it she killed him. Yeah, exactly. So you know, is I think it has to be it has to be more uh, mercurial than that. It has to be. 
you know, maybe, you know, a, a setup where somebody gets gonorrhea. I mean, you could do that, right? Rather than oh, killing yeah. someone, you just, you know, set 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 somebody up with with a uh, a, a girl that you know is gonna give the kid gonorrhea, like and then he will be yeah, exactly. Or he won't be a hot shot anymore. Or send over a transvestite with AIDS. There you go, hot. I yeah, well, but then your we can all agree. Whatever happens, we don't want any more Maya Angelus. <laughs> <laughs> That was kind of racist. No, well, it's poetry. Right. Bert, Bert, what else is in there beside alcohol? Just like, beer. God damn it. Just beer. What do you want? Diet Coke? Like a Diet Coke award. Yeah. I'll take anything. I don't give a Here, let me get you one. I'm dehydrated. Leanne! Jesus oh, Christ. Jesus. Wow. No, just kidding. No, 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 get no, it. no <laughs> So wait, um, here's my thing. This is why I love Pris, is that if when Georgia wants to get to the age where she sits and watches a movie, watches a movie with a boy, yeah. I'll just put Pris on the couch with them. No one's getting near my children without Priscilla biting their fucking heads off. That's the best thing about Priscilla. Right now she's sitting in the room losing her mind because everyone's out here. Yeah. That's why I got Priscilla. What if they go to the couch? What's up, house? baby? That fucking popcorn is in full effect. I love you. That's why. <laughs> Happy Easter to you, brother. From one pimp to another. That's how we one do it. One pimp to another. <laughs> Congrats, Dad. You know, let me tell you My something. My status is elevated. Let me, let me tell you something, brother. You might have all these other motherfuckers confused. I know a pimp when I see one. You follow me? There's honor amongst thieves. You follow Damn. me? A wink is as good as a nod to a blind horse. <laughs> a wink is as good as a nod to a blind horse? What the fuck you think you're dealing with? I'm going to take it deep. This popcorn is in full effect on Uncle Joey, plus the chewy Chiba bar I ate before. What? Oh, yeah. What? I put I put 175 milligrams in me about two hours before I showed up. <laughs> the family's away. This is a family effect. My wife is out of town. Elvis is dead, and I don't feel so good myself. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just smoked in the car. I got to back up when I ever see your neighbors outside, like in yeah. the yards. It looks so nice. A neighbor has to back up so a bush blocks me so I don't feel like such a drug addict. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. I, I thought it was interesting to, because I don't think, I don't think marijuana in, in this area of the country is very prevalent and, and open and honest. And I was kind of shocked to see my parents' reaction to what they thought, you know. Just like 50 dispensaries within like a five mile radius of this house. Yeah. In this country, like in this state, it's bizarre. It's nice. Not San Diego. Most dispensaries in San Diego, they're real conservative. Really? Yeah, some places don't have them. They used to, they got rid of all of them. They zoned them to hell. They got that military base down there. They're Yeah. Somebody's got to replace that Still gator. Gas Listen, this tax now, and everybody's going to jump on board. And California can't brag about it enough. I guarantee California says a quarter what they really fucking rake in. The weed tax? Taxes. Listen, we pay out the... If you go in there and buy a gram, they get $2 off of 18 They just don't charge you like $20 plus. You follow me? So yeah, they the don't price charge is you 20 plus 10% or 8.9%. Wait, Dad, do you, do, would you like the legalization of marijuana in this country? Yeah, I'm, uh, that's fine. And, and fix the roads and yeah, oh yeah, they tax the shit out of it. I think that wouldn't be bad. Yeah, we I have agree. so many people are going to get it anyway. We yeah. have so many fucking worse problems right now than it's going on. And I don't think legal. Listen, I've been smoking dope for forty fucking years. I don't think legalizing it full. I mean, nobody here as parents wants to walk their fucking kid down a block. And see three Joey Diaz is smoking yeah, a joint. You hold on. I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this for everyone that's listening that may disagree with what you're saying. You are kind of the uh, the um, 
What's that? What's that? That they moved the movie about that flower that grew in the middle of the f- swamp, and uh, with Nicolas Cage and he, yeah. What was that? What was that flower? Yeah, you are the lotus, Joey. Not many people can smoke weed for 40 years and be successful in life. <laughs> like there are there are a lot of guys that have your same story that are not people do it all the time. Yeah, but no, but you're but you're creative. You're, it motivates me. Yeah, but you're the you're the you're not the norm, I think. Well, I tell you what. I grew up in the fucking 70s where every TV show when somebody came to the house, you walked to a table and you poured a drink and you just gave it to the person. When I turned yeah. 14, I couldn't wait to do that. I couldn't wait to be able to come to Bart's house, Bert, whatever your fucking name is, <laughs> and for you just to turn around and to pour something, and for me to take whatever you poured. It's not like pussies. Not no, no. I'll take Scandinavia grape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking pour what I fuck. You drink what I fucking give you. Remember, yeah. it was dark. It was that fucking Canadian double blended. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. I always I can't taste alcohol. Guys, you're not a big drinker. Right now, I would love to drink a fucking beer. Number one, I could. I'd have to stay here till six. Because a half a beer would fuck me up. I get giggly and shit. And hysterical. And you mix it wow. with the weed and I'm gone. Yeah. So I, that's what I always wanted to do. I'm a comic, Mr. Mr. K. That's when I go out at night to do comedy, every night I go out with the intention of tonight I'm going to have a margarita. This, this place where we're going to has a reputation of having good margaritas. Yeah. You know, we go to comedy clubs and they have a reputation. Man, last time I was here, the guy made a rusty nail that was tremendous. Something. Yeah. I go out. I go out every night, and I say that to myself. You know what I get? An amaretto and milk. That's how much of a oh. half a fucking fag I am. <laughs> I get that sounds so bad, Joey. I know fags that would bitch slap me, like that would come up to me and go, "I'm gonna slap you in the face." You know that? Cut this. Yeah, my, dad, my dad's right now going. We don't. Do, we don't condone the words. Even a white Russian. A white Russian. I, in fact, if I got a white Russian, I'm such a fag. I'd have to put Irish cream in it. I don't oh, like that, that Lorenzo's of, like that. He that does white Russians of, with, uh, with, with ice cream in them. That burn of vodka? Yeah, but that'll... Listen, there's nothing better than a Coco Loco from fucking Chili's. Or what's the other one? There's a... Coco Loco. Chili's has a Coco Loco, a top-shelf margarita from Chili's in the old uh-huh. days. I would go in there with a gram of blow and fucking $40. <laughs> I fucked... I love the look on your face. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. K with a gram of toot and fucking $80 and somebody else's credit card. I've been drinking those Dad, you Coco probably would have liked like... cocaine, I think. The, those, those pills you took to lose weight? Yeah. I think is is very similar. Really? I think so. He took uh, he took uh, like a... No, he took the second fen out of fen fen. Right? Yeah, something like that. One of the... The second fen. It's the... Adre- it's It's speed. And and he would he how much weight did you lose? I uh, went from two seventy five to about two ten. Two seventy five. Not long. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> quick. Yeah. Right oh, he would he was he was emptying out his backpack was, and rearranging it. I didn't like speed. What? I never liked speed. Huh? You didn't like it? No, that's a completely different like a dog. Oh, yeah, you were probably oh, he said he said to me five thirty morning, go home at eight. Yeah. He said to me, he goes, he goes, you'd be shocked, buddy. I can focus. Like, I get to work. I don't get up off the desk no, for like no. four hours. Maybe it was Adderall. It, it's, 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 a, it's the same, same strain. You know what it was? It was Black Beauties when we were kids. Okay? Yeah. You were a wrestler in fucking high school. Somebody wrestled here. When you were a kid, you needed to make weight. They gave you, I used to go to East Strasburg, Pennsylvania on the weekends with Nicky, whatever his fucking name is. And he knew these guys that were like chemists. I had been in college for 50 years and just stayed. 
And they, they've been to East Stroudsburg. Very different there. than my history that was in college. That's culture back there. Yeah, Pennsylvania, that's Lehigh huge. University, yeah, East Stroudsburg. And every week I'd go there when I was a junior and a sophomore, and I'd buy acid in a hundred bulk. Like that's what these guys did during the week. They just made acid and then create shit four way acid and blotter and Mickey Mouse acid. But their real business was making those black beauties. And I'd buy a thousand for thirty five dollars. And I'd sell a hundred of them for thirty five dollars, and not a dollar a piece. Yeah, that's how I put myself to a fucking junior in high school was selling Jesus. black beauties. But when wrestling season came, I doubled my fucking profit. You feel oh, me? I bet. I was at every wrestling match. You should have seen me in the corner there with a fucking <laughs> long jacket on, sweating bullets and shit. Ari, did you ever play any sports? Yeah, I, I played volleyball, basketball. <laughs> I was a practice player for the girls' any, basketball any team. Any men's sports? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. We didn't weren't allowed to have football. Tom, how old were you when your your dad passed? Uh, my first dad, I was uh, three years. No, yeah, three years. My second dad, uh, my stepdad, when I was twelve. Wow. Damn, that's terrible. No, but the the thing that fascinates me is losing a parent at that age. What it does to you? Because Tom was like super independent. Uh, from all through childhood like knows how to same thing that you guys have that like he he could change a tire on a car like the, I, the Ari probably and no. I probably couldn't change a tire on a car no way but you could I probably get stuck somewhere for a month well I, I I could actually I I could change tires on cars I could drop a, a large box out of out of uh you know Chevy's I could I could do all of that stuff because when I was growing up, I grew up in uh, Escondido, which is in San Diego, which is right next to Valley Center, which is kind of where methamphetamine blossomed. And I did wrestle, and we did have a gigantic amphetamine culture down there. And, uh, and so what you would do is you'd tweak out, and you'd spend 48 hours of your life focusing on one thing. And it, was, it, it could be either um, growing the best strain of weed or... Uh, Figuring out how to rebuild your Carmen Ghia, you know, without without the proper tools to to, to bore it out to you know to a sixteen sixty five or what have you, and so yeah, so we just had a lot of time on our hands to do what we needed to do, and you know, generally it was fun. Uh-huh. It's, it's so fascinating though because like I, I definitely I don't I couldn't change a tire. Ari and I are in the same. Yeah, John, you couldn't change a tire either. You could not. Right now, now John's get, parents are both uh, snake handling. Uh, like evangelical priests, preachers. So go ahead, John. <laughs> could you really change a tire? Absolutely, I've changed tires a lot. Oh, change tires not the hardest thing in the world. You just get a jack. Well, yeah, but 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 hold on, Ari. What? Let's back it up. You get a you get a flat on the side of the road. Are you like, oh, no problem. I'll just do that. Or are you like, oh, fuck. oh no, it's a problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got to get your hands dirty, probably. Yeah. That jack on the side of the road. It. I'm gonna get killed like Bill Cosby's kid. Like this is a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Smell the yeah. fumes. <laughs> no thanks. You're calling AAA is my point. Uh, yeah, I can change a tire. Worst case scenario, I'm in the desert. Can you change your oil? I couldn't. I couldn't change oil. I can check my oil. I could check my oil. Yeah. Can you change your oil? Yeah, yeah definitely. It's, yeah. It's, it's very simple. It's uh, very simple. It, it, the, yeah. Ch- change, changing the oil is easy. When I was a kid growing up, is what do you do with the oil once you got it out of the car? Uh, uh, now we're talking and, about the yeah. No, and back yeah. in the old days, what we'd do is we'd find a good place. Yard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dig a hole, put it, put, put it in the ground, and put some dirt over the top of it and act like it never happened. Oh. So wait, how much did um, – so wait, can I, can, can, how much can I talk about your life? Okay, so, so uh, Joey, so Tom's mom who's here uh, is the uh, – wrote the book Heaven and Earth, the Oliver Stone movie. 
about Vietnam. Uh, yeah, it's Matt. It's it, your mother wrote it here. Really? Uh, and well, let me finish. So, uh, but Tom's mom was that for us? What is that? Oh shit! What? Oh my god! That's fine. That's fine. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Send Lele in. So, so Joey, we're gonna bring in Lele. Lele is uh, is she wrote the book? She had it. Do you know anything about the movie? Uh, Heaven and Earth. It's uh, it's huge. Yeah, so it was it was the third film in the Oliver Stone trilogy. So he had uh, Platoon, Born on the Fourth of July, and then he wanted to tell the story from the Vietnamese villager standpoint. And that's uh, that. Yeah. My mom wrote a book, and uh, and uh, that's the movie he made. I'll t- I'll give you a, a brief synopsis. This is the kind of life she lived. She was giving uh, pho to our daughters and and Tom's daughters. And she was opening jackfruit. The back of jackfruit is like, it's like a watermelon, but with a lot of pricklers all on the outside. And very casually, Lele says, uh, you know, when I was a little girl, to all our kids, when we got in trouble, we had to kneel on the jackfruit and then hold rocks in our arms with our arms stretched out in the sun so the village could stare at us. Isla lost her fucking mind. <laughs> I was like, I just get put on the bench. It was such a, it was a, oh, here's Lele. Uh-huh. So, Lele, we're talking about you. Oh, oh, am I back? No. <laughs> oh. We went to get you. Yeah, so uh, here, here, you want to sit here? Sit down with Tom. Tom, I'll give you the mic, okay? So we were just telling about Heaven and Earth and, uh, and the jackfruit story oh. that you were telling Isla in Georgia. Okay. Here. So tell it. When, when the, tell the jackfruit. As a punishment. What did you have to do with jackfruit? With jackfruit, first you have to plant a seed. Come into a tree, <laughs> harvest the, the have fruit, harvest the fruit when it's young. You can make salads out of it. And if you want to wait until when it's ready to eat, it turning yellow. Uh, then you eat the outside of the fruit. The sea, you cook it and eat it too. And, out, and outside of the skin, you dry it in the sun. And you can burn it if you don't have wood. Or when uh, young children go to school. You'll be punished uh, by uh, lay on top, I mean, get your knee on top of that dry skin uh-huh. and put your arm out with each rock on your arm. That is the punishment. It's like a bed of nails. <laughs> you used to burn it for like wood, like, like turf? Yeah. Wow. Wait, what was it? What, what did you have to do wrong to get that punishment? Um, you not do your homework or what? do nasty. <laughs> oh, oh. Um, Whoa, buddy, you would have been in trouble. Yeah, I did my homework. <laughs> no, I did. I did my homework. I, get, I was no problem at school. Believe it or not. Wow. Um, this is a true story. Uh, my brother Sal next to me. He's playing a tree. We planned to get there when we were young. A jackfruit tree, right outside of our house in the village. Uh, then he left for. Um, Joined the VC, then he missing an accent, and and VC VC is uh, Viet Cong for all you children out there, which means the em- enemy, the communists. Yeah. yeah uh, so, and when I um, no no no, you And so when um, he died, the tree got in bed, and every night um, we see him on the tree. Fruit, jackfruit tree. Yeah. And then after my father passed away, the neighbor also saw him sit on the jackfruit tree. The ghost and, of and your- Yeah, just to clarify, uh, she believes Sal Bone was thrown from a helicopter by the Americans, right? Yeah. 
So that is the, the story. And so when um, I built a big temple for the family, uh, then we cut down the tree because it's on the way. So I asked my mother, it's okay to cut down the jackfruit tree to build a temple. My brothers punished me many ways because I cut down his fruit. And one day I come to visit my mother in, a, in, in a, her house in a, a village. And, you know, she keeps telling me about the snake come through the house and all of that. And I say, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I just listen. Until that night, my mother and I would sit on her bed and at tables and chair and hear the snake come in from outside, get on the chair and sit there and looking at us. And my mother talked to the snake and said, are you the sow? If you come and visit your sister and me, then please go to bed, you know, because now it's about like 9 o'clock at night. And so he went to my sister's bed and just crawled and sleep there. All night my sister had to come and sleep with my mother and myself in small bamboo bed because she did not want to sleep with the snake. <laughs> and so next... <laughs> And so the next day, um, <laughs> the next day, my older sister uh, went to uh, a psychist and asked. You know, we didn't say anything, nothing about anything. And the psychist say, um, "Yeah, your brother is here, and he want you to replant the jackfruit tree for him." Because I asked for cut it down, so I have to do the whole picture in the morning, plant a new tree, picture in the morning, and send him with a lot of fruits to replay. He tree sent then everything okay. That's it just recently. Can I ask you a question? Yes. If, if, if that was the way they punished you by having to kneel in the jackfruit tree, why would you plant a punishment tree in your backyard? <laughs> why, do you make, why would your parents make you pick a stick in the south? Make you go out there and pick your stick to bring back and let you whip yourself in the fucking ass with. Sorry, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, wait, wait, wait. Tell, tell, uh, tell the story about the time that um, you tried to rescue the dude who was drowning. Do you remember that? Tom, now hold on one second. I got some back questions here. Okay, please. I want please, the fucking please. heretic here. Remember, there was the Exorcist, then the prequel. We got to get to the prequel. So how old were you when all this was going on, Tom, if you don't mind me asking? This is very fascinating. Wait, wait. This is fascinating as shit to me. I've always felt like I came here from Cuba in 1966, and I was proud to be an American. And then I moved to Boulder. And in Boulder, I started hanging out with this vet, and he was jacked up. And he would tell me the stories. And I would feel, like, embarrassed. Like, I was like, wow. Like, that was crazy over there. And here you are. No, but you know what the best thing about jacked up vets was? Was when I was growing up. Um, she met a bunch of vets from uh, Garberville, which is up in uh, Humboldt County area. And these guys would grow the best weed ever. And they were all battle-rattled, and they'd come down, and, and my mom helped them to heal their wounds of whatever happened over there, you know, their PTSD and all that shit. Right. And she'd talk them kind of through, you know, oh, you know, it is a war, and we're all people, and whatever you did is cool and all that. But they would come down with the, the most intense weed and, inten- you know, insane mushrooms and all sorts of acid and all of that stuff. And, yeah, they, they used to live in our house. Ma, you want some popcorn? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the no, no, no. No, no, there was one time. Ma, she, don't she give had, a fuck, dog. Yeah, Ma no, see, no. She, dog, Ma, see the light already. This ain't shit. Yeah. This is fucking nothing. This is daycare here. Ma saw the light already. Yeah. She knelt on a fucking thing, all right? That's nothing. That's, that's an afternoon for Ma. 
No, when I was a kid, uh, she had some guy up, some yogi from uh, South Africa. And, uh, and I had gotten some mushrooms at that point. And he says, oh, you got some mushrooms. And he starts chomping on my mushrooms. And my mom's like, oh, I'll have some too. Uh-oh. And so she, she ate them. And, really? yeah. and then we're right to bed. <laughs> I went right to bed. Some crazy dreams. <laughs> yeah, have some yeah. popcorn. Have yeah. some popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never forget yeah. that. <laughs> so uh, so uh, let me, uh, let me, let me, I'm going to hop over with Ari. So when was the, can you talk about the first time you met Oliver Stone? Yes, um, this is 1990, 1990, 1990. Oh no, 89, right after he absented books. And we met in um, one of the producer's house, Bob Klein, I don't know, you know, Robert Klein. That that is the, the, the person who brought my book to Oliver. So my agent arranged to meet Oliver and Bob at his house in uh, Newport Beach, that's in 1989. Oh, cool. Did you did you like him right away? Yes, he's um, a little wrong when he get there. Yeah. But he's fun. Um, one thing about it is he just you know um, for fun he just you know playing around and he put his, his hand on my neck just for kidding. What? Uh, you can do that. that it's just, it just like going around and phone and somebody go, oh, hi, or something. Yeah. And, he go, and I say, yes, Oliver, you joked me one in the past life, you know, something like that. And he was just like, you know, just like bring him back in a moment, right away. But since then, you know, and he been to Vietnam and he went into Marble Mountain where very spiritual play in my building. He went in one person and he walked out a totally different person. That is the gay. And then he asked me to help him to build a, a Buddha shrine on a tree house at his house in Santa Monica. And then I took him to Buddha's to help baptize in Buddha's temples and all of that. So he gained for, I would say, 65% semi-nomi. Really? You know, My favorite, uh, the other, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely... And I will take anything out you don't want here, Tom. But my other favorite story is when Tom met Oliver Stone, because the all I, I'm going to venture to say that Tom, that Oliver, kind of christened Tom into this business, right? Yeah, absolutely. And Tom met him, and and Oliver was a dick. Yeah, he was. He came down to San Diego, and I actually had I just saw him. Our offices are right next to each other in Santa Monica right now, and uh, and I actually had to remind him of of how we met. And uh, he kind of uh, scratched his head and said, "Really, I don't remember that at all." Which, which he I'm appara- sure, yeah. Apparently, like he met Tom and and was and was kind of just off putting. Yeah, no. And then, of course, Lily is so candid in the way she talks about everything that Oliver came up at the end of the night and said, oh, "It's great doing this." You know, it's I love your family. She goes, "My son thinks you're an asshole," <laughs> or something to that effect, right? Uh, the way she pronounces it is ass o. <laughs> 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 what I remember that um, he come, he have enough, you know, uh, uh, care to walk to Oliver and say, Mr. Stone, I would like to work for you. That's yeah. what I remember. And he take one look of him because he's strong and healthy and good yeah. personality. He can see right away. And he said, oh, you do. And so, you know, contact my office. And then he can go <laughs> and he write a, a letter and he show to me. And I say, oh, no, honey, you know, we have to do a little editing. And then we send that letter to him. But then he come back and he say, you know, uh, yeah, call my office. Yeah, no, the the way it actually happened was I went up to him. 
and and again, it was it was at this function my mom was having in San Diego, and you know went up to him and I said, uh, Mr. Stone, I you know respect you and respect your work and all of that stuff. Uh, you know, uh, do you have any um, uh, suggestions on how to get started in the business or you know any of that stuff? And he had a drink in one hand. He looked you know off into the distance without ever making eye contact. He patted me on the top of the head and said, "Lots of hard work." And then uh, walked away. And so that, you know, that, that was kind of, uh, you know, my introduction to him. And so when my mom said to him, said to me later, oh, did you meet Oliver? I said, yeah, he's, he's, you know, he's a bit of an asshole. And so at the end of the night, uh, Oliver came up. And that's when my mom's recollection of events kicked in where uh, my mom said to him, um, oh, yeah, my son thinks you're an asshole. And that's when Oliver said, oh, yeah, we'll just have him, you know, give my office a call. And that's try to get so him a job. fascinating. Now, now, Lily, what do you when like uh, growing up in in Vietnam? What do you see when you see this room? Like when you see like obviously a very Jewish guy right here with Ari. Like, is this like the is this what is it? Did you, and my dad like a very country club, and then Joey like he's in the mafia. Like, what what do you see when you and then <laughs> a banker, a redneck, a hipster? Like, what do you uh, another hipster? What do you see when you see this room? I don't have enough fucking guilt. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, talking to the mic, Joey. I don't have enough guilt in my life. <laughs> what do you see when you see this room? Well, my very first see the white man. Yeah. Fence man. What? French man. Man. Fence. French. Yeah. Oh, the first oh, white person you ever saw with the French? Yeah. French. Yeah. French and, and, but they're not in civilian clothes. They're all in military. Yeah. And that is what, uh, that is what I just, you know, um, Alan and I, we talked about it last night. Because I do research. My friend lives in Africa now, and I saw where she lives in Africa. We talk about, you know, what I've been there and what I saw and all that. It brings me right back to my village when the first time I saw all the black man with scarred face and scary look. Yeah. But then um, that image with me more than American later on. Really? But when I see the American man in my village, not in my house like this, but the old, young, military, heavy-duty stuff. And I never have a chance to sit down with civilian like that until after married his dad. And that is when, you know, all they work together and all they um, will we'll talk about um, the work and very little of, you know, um, what's going on about in Vietnam or, or in the U.S. They baseball or talking about whatever they do that day. So because I understand very little at that time, so I'm not too much in conversation. But um, only time we get together like this is July 4th. Thanksgiving or Christmas. Really? Wow. And outside there it war, so it's not it will get together like this the rocket gonna come. But but, but oh. that was but that was you know, when we moved to San Diego you had a big group of Vietnamese friends, right? Yeah, but she talked about in in Vietnam. No, he said what what do you no. think about when you see oh, people oh, like oh, that? Oh like oh <laughs> yeah, after I come to the US and yeah, uh, his family and, and, and many neighbors in where we live it come together again. Same with, you know, I spoke very little, and most of the time I stay in the kitchen. I don't know what redneck means. I don't know what different. You don't know what redneck means. Like. Redneck is him. <laughs> like when uh, white It's Leanne. Leanne's a redneck. <laughs> Leanne's a redneck because she talks like, uh, like real, like. 
hi. You know what I mean? I'm but redneck to me. You're not a redneck, Joey. <laughs> but redneck to me, it's negative word, so. Is it negative? No, 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 no. It's no? not negative. It's not negative if you like them. <laughs> yeah, it's it's negative. I'm sure it is negative if you're saying it mean. But right? you, Jewish could be negative if you go, oh, look at that Jew. But then I look at you and I go, hey, look at the, he's a Jew. Yeah, that's something you like, though, but no one likes rednecks. No. <laughs> You know, my war has no color. War has no color. It's just an emotion. That's think about it. Mm-hmm. Energy, a fucking crazy energy. That's the popcorn. That's true, man. You know, I I didn't go. I I've never been in that situation, but it's got to be hard. Terrible. It's got to be unthinkable. I would t- I would imagine it's unthinkable. I think it's I think war would be a nightmare to be drafted into. But I can't imagine if it showed up in your village. Like, I can't imagine being home and all of a sudden war's in your front yard. And you're like, who the fuck? Like, I would have, I, I'm not made of that. I'm not made of that metal. Well, just like you see on the news now, sometimes if somebody hold up something and you see how the troop yeah. gear on to get in after one person, you see how scary the whole neighborhood will be like, right? Yeah. In your village, 10 times than that, 20 times than that, and helicopter and a 10 and all that, looking for somebody that you don't even know, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, very scary. See, every time I see helicopter now, or I heard the helicopter, I still want to run and. Really? But, but for you growing up, you, um, you didn't have a side. You had whatever side was in your village at that time, right? Right. That's why we usually we see Americans come, we run. That's why too many of them get killed. Really? So if you saw Americans, you just ran? Just automatically run for rape. Because they rape if the young girl and lady. Really? Yeah. And the second is to, um, they kill you anyway. You run or not run. But run, you have better chance if you stay by. <laughs> they're going to kill you anyway. <laughs> run or not run, they're going to kill you anyway. <laughs> Jesus, what was it like moving to this country after you have that ingrained in your, in like the way, like how, when you move here, that must have been I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine moving to uh, San, Diego. San Diego if I knew this guys with blonde hair and blue eyes that rode skateboards and flip flops killed like were horrible people. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What was that like moving to the states? Well, first I moved to city, so that it gave me a couple years. You know, to you moved to the, to from the oh, building oh, to oh, the city that to, in, in Vietnam. In the Vietnam, what is that? Ho Chi Minh. Yeah, now it's in Ho Chi Minh City, but yeah. that time it's Saigon. Yeah. But then um, I'll be working for Americans, so I get to you t- to them. Oh, my God. I would, then- be, I would be so racist <laughs> if I had grown up like her. I would hate Americans. I would, there is no way. Like, I'm not, I'm not as even keeled as to be able to. Like, that would- is the problem. That is the problem, the culture in between here and there. There they can forgive and move on and treat yeah. you just like a long-lost brother. And they welcome you just like a king. Yeah. And here, if it happened, it's opposite. We don't know what we're going to do if Vietnamese show up in your country. <laughs> you see? God. That's why you can't heal here. You know, if 50 years later you're still looking for somebody, kill somebody in your family and bring them to justice. We say, hey, that long time ago we buried. I tell you, lots of veterans that went back to Vietnam with me. One particular man wanted me to help him to find a woman who burned her house. And she ran out with a little baby in her arm. And she turned around and she looked at her house in flame. That image stayed with him forever. So he asked me to bring her 
bring him to her so she can tell her she's sorry that she burned her house. So we did. And he met her and he cried and he shaking, he's so scared and he told her that I'm sorry, I'm the one that burned down your house when you baby, you know, uh, you run out with your baby. And the woman laughed and she looked at the house, she looked at her son and she looked at him and she said, oh, I have a better house now. <laughs> and my son, look, he's bigger, he's older now, he has his own family, so you have nothing to worry about. See, that is the kind of unexpected over and over, many men that are brought back. So it's so interesting because I've surpassed my dad in success. But Tom, <laughs> but Tom, you're never going to beat this. <laughs> you're never going to beat. You're leaving? All right. I love you, Dad. Stay black. Okay. See you, Dad. Hey, are we going to see you tonight? Okay. All right. He's uh, yeah. We're not going to see him at all. He's like, what's that scene? The Godfather one. Remember when he tells him to go kill him? He goes, where, where is it? You ain't got to see him. Yeah. So, you think they pushed your brother out of a helicopter? Well, that is in a war, and I think there are many cases like that. Why do you think that? Was he crushed or something? That is the fun for Americans to do so. Oh, Jesus! I could not. I, Tom, do you? I don't push people out of helicopters. <laughs> no, but it's it's so weird. It's so weird for the like for you to hear these things as a kid, and then and then to like kind of wrap your head around just hanging out, that, that, like that. In, in my opinion, Tom has. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you two, two two of my favorite Tom stories. He wanted to do the Ho Chi Minh Trail, yeah. And he was like, he was like, well, my uncle did it. I'm gonna just go do uncle it. Bong, right? Uncle Bong did it, so I'm gonna go do it. And then he called. She said, we'll talk to Uncle Bong. So he talked to him. And he goes, yeah, how long will it take? And he was like, well, it took me how long? He started off in like 65. And I think he finally reached uh, uh, Saigon in like... 93. Seven, no, 93. 73. 73. 73. And he died twice? He died twice along the way, apparently, yeah. But he actually taught me one of the best tricks ever is that I, I, I was over there uh, when I was young in Vietnam and I stubbed my toe where it was kind of one of those stubs where you got the talking skin is just bleeding and you can't yeah. stop it yeah he came up opened up a cigarette stuffed tobacco in the gaping wound and then poured vodka all over it. he's like yeah you should be all right and it stopped the bleeding immediately and it, it was fine seriously yeah and apparently you know the the, the uh, tobacco is a nasoconstrictor and so that will will close up the uh the, the bleeding uh blood vessels and then the vodka is uh you know wow. sterilizer yeah. Yeah. shut up yeah so, so- my other my other good Tom story is one time he's eating uh, like snails or eating shrimp out by the ocean. Yeah. And he sees someone drowning. So he swims out, fucking saves one guy, brings him in. The next guy's all pretty much dead, drags him into shore, puts him up on the beach, lays him down, starts doing CPR, and all of a sudden the the whole, like everyone's around him. Like there's hundreds of people around him. And, and and the guy dies, and Tom, like I'm screwing the story up now. So you take over from here. Yeah. So so basically, the uh, we save one guy, and we come back to the beach, and we think, okay, we've done our good deed for the day. And the kid comes running up, saying, "My friend, my friend." And we keep looking around; we can't see anybody. And then we see a pair of uh, you know blue uh, blue shorts in the surf. I run out there, grab him, and yank him in. And at that point, the guy's kind of blue and bloated and, and foaming. 
And so we start pumping on him, and he's vomiting up all this nastiness, and we're just trying to clear the airway, and you know, we, we're just trying to save this guy. And as we're doing this, the entire beach kind of comes and, and, and circles around us, and it's just utter silence as we're sitting there pumping away on the guy. And about 20 minutes later, we realized we couldn't bring him back. Um, and, uh, and we just, you know, his friends came and drug him away and tried to take him into the hospital where he later was pronounced dead. Um, but we got back to the hotel and we were all really freaked out. And so uh, a lot of times, uh, like, like I would do, I would call my mom looking for, you know, the village wisdom or, you know, kind of the, you know, well, you know, you, you, you've done spiritually the right thing and it'll take you the right way. And so I called my mom up and she's in Vietnam at the, at that time as well. And, and she was in the village and she said, what happened? I heard in the village that this happened. And, and I explained it to her and her response was, oh no, oh no. And I said, what, 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 what's the problem? She said, well, you're never supposed to interrupt anybody when they're dying by drowning or by hanging, or else you're going to go the same way. Oh. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> yeah, so, so, um, yeah, so there was no, uh, there was no words of wisdom there. Wait a minute. Ever since I've met you, I'll see you tonight. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll you see you tonight. Love you. No, the ocean all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Sandy said that. Sandy said that she, Sandy Tom's is Tom's wife. She said that she's always been afraid when he goes out in the water because of that. But I, I, I wonder. But, but mom, like, like in in your village, when people would hang themselves, what would they have to do to get the body? Uh, they have to. Here, talking to the microphone. Talking to the microphone, okay. please. And so, um, if somebody hang first, thing you go to police, and the man who tied that person down, he have to go and numb himself with alcohol. Very drunk, so he don't know what he's doing. Uh, then he let get that person down with the cuck, the rope, and that person fall down, then they take care of it. But also, you, you, you had mentioned that when someone hangs himself in a tree, you don't want to touch the body, you cut the tree down. Right, you cut the tree, you cut the tree, or you cut the rope, but you not touch the body. What happened is that you have to know about the tree of blame it. If the, somebody dies in a drowning in the water, yeah. they stay there until they find a blame it, replace A them. replacement. Yeah, before so, they can go. So, so tell the story of when you were a little girl and you went swimming with your brothers out in the uh, the lake. Yeah. Um, one day, I, I, you know, my brother and I, we work outside the house and a, on the front porch, and we hear the screaming, the young boy, uh, our neighbor boys. He's screaming, and we both ran out there, and he drowned in the, um, in the, 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 uh, the lake. So my brother, he just automatically jumped in there and bring the boy up because he's much older and bigger. And he bring it up and he saved the boys. But since then, uh, my family never thought that my brother will, will make it through because he's going to die the same way. And up he died anyway. But the boy didn't die. But the boy didn't die. But he died soon later um, because of the war. So what happened is soon or later, you're going to go the same way. Um, even my fa- brother died. He not died drowning, but he died outside of the house. He died unexpectedly. All of those things. Right. The, the but but you're died. saying that it's because one soul wants to replace another soul so he, they can move on. Right. They can, yeah. And that is why um, the people here, you don't see it often, but in, I'm sure in, in um, India, Indian here, yeah. Yeah. same as uh, Spanish. It's the same as Asian. We worship the soul right at the spot they're dead. And they stay there until you bring them home. Otherwise, every year, they have somebody can hype in the same place, hype in the same thing. But your son's okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, he okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's not the curse is broken. No, no, no. no we'll see. Uh, I am freaked the hell out right now. You know that? Wait, wait. What is that, I Joey? I am freaked out. I am freaked out. The popcorn, <laughs> the chewy chiba, everything just killed me. So you're right, though. Hang on. So Barry just asked, does Vietnam have a shortage of paramedics in Vietnam? Because who would want that job? They don't have anything like that then. They don't have paramedics in Vietnam? Well, not... Not no. then, I'm sure now. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah, but it's not that good like over here or anything. But now they have a, a, a coat on, a, I mean, the one that worked on a beach. Lifeguard. Lifeguard. Wait, they did, they, did they, do, this is going to sound really silly. Did they, was, what was your, like, were there good days in the war? Like, we were like, that's eh, not a, not a fun day. <laughs> good day, that means you can take a shower. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> you can come up for air. Shut up. Good day. That means nobody die. Just, no house is burned down. So, so it's not, it's rest. not, there's no like, there's no, oh, and your granddaughter just rolled in. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Do you want to talk on the microphones? No. You sure? Um. God, this has been. I, I've been dying to talk to you about this. I want to have you back. I want to do like an in-depth, like because uh, your 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 life has been so. This is a four-hour podcast. Yeah, this, this is a this is this started with Joey and my dad and popcorn. No, no, no. And now I, we're done. and now we. I'm done. I'm yeah, done. Yeah. <laughs> we're losing Joey. We should wrap it up. We should I'm, wrap I'm it up cute, and go I'm hang out with our families. Chicken right now. Uh, uh, Ari, do you want to say anything? Yeah. Do you have any? First of all, how do you decide which? Men come in and which stay outside to do the um, to do the egg hunting. Oh. <laughs> I saw some of them out there. Oh, uh, the real men stay in here. These are pretty much the real men. The other men take care of stuff out there. It's just, it's just. I think all the men are in here. I think it's just all the. Outside who don't want to hear it from the wives later. Yeah, 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 yeah. Any man, any man who is cool with their relationship comes in. No, or doesn't care. Or doesn't care. Okay. One or the other. Um, but the women are just as interesting, sadly enough. So we should go out. All right. That is the end of the Does anyone have anything to promote? Oh, yeah. uh, Lely, do you, you're, uh, do you, anything you want to promote? Oh, no. Nothing? <laughs> Where's your, or, what's your foundation? It's Global Village Foundation, but that's it. Yeah, that's it. Um, a different story. Different okay. time. Than okay, we'll talk about it again. Yeah. I'd love to have you back on if you don't mind. Okay. I'd love to have I you. I did not know that you recorded it. Yeah, I'm recording this. You cheat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, watch Joe Schmo. Is it over? Okay. Ari's on the road next week. Okay, my storyteller show, April 9th, was taping up for Comedy Central Digital. Joey, anything? Uh, uh, South Beach Comedy Festival, April 19th. Fillmore uh, Theater. Tickets are online. SouthBeachComedyFestival.com. Lorenzo, what's the name of your. Uh, what, where, where can what people get find you? On Twitter, Death of Grammar. Death of Grammar. Death of Grammar. John, anything to promote? I'm fucked up. The Rolling Soldier Web Series. Barry, nothing? Oh, Digigraph? Digigraph. Digigraph.me? All right. Jay Holland Moore on Twitter, and my name is Bert. God bless. What a fucking fast. Did you really like that?
This episode was brought to you by The Machine.